0: physical media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand what is going on everybody welcome this is from screen to shelf your podcast about physical media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand my name is will i am here with gabe and chase we are excited to bring What's you up, today's episode we're going to be talking about one of the best horror franchises of all time. I'm going to hand it over to these guys and have them introduce our uh, our topic. So without further ado, Gabe, Gabe this is a chase chase
1: chase one (laughs) this is for sure a chase one this is like one of his favorite franchises of all time so yeah i think chase should should probably lead us into this you know i'm a super nerd what we're
0: talking about
2: (laughs) it's everything friday the 13th we thought it was perfect timing you know every five to seven years we get a friday the 13th in october of course it happens every year right friday the 13th happens every year but to happen in spooky month that's something super special for sure So we're first and foremost going to open it up with the legacy and uh, how it's personally influenced us, how we would personally rank them, um, then go further more into detail. And that's pretty much going to be how we structure this one. We're going to analyze Gabe. Tell them the ones we're specifically going to be talking about this time around. Uh,
1: We're actually going to be talking about uh, the first four installments. So we're going to be talking about part one, part two, part three, and the final chapter. Uh, We're also probably going to delve into... Maybe the future of the franchise, what that looks like. And, uh, uh, like, we we just talked about kind of, like, how this franchise has impacted us overall. So, um, I don't know if we want to just get started with part one. Um, It's up to you guys. And we're also going to talk about the 4K as well. So, um, Chase, I don't know if you want to get it started with part
2: one. Yeah, Um, Let's open that up that way, because, like, I find part one to be fairly strong at first I kind of ranked it you know Jason I want more Jason kind of the same thing whenever it comes to like how some people view the Halloween franchise but as I get older I appreciate part one more and more and more every single rewatch because it is such a tediously orchestrated perfect slow burn in a great way and it pays homage to so many things that came before it like Psycho Um, and that's kind of one of the things I wanted to touch base on and uh i i just watched the camp chris or the crystal lake memories documentary the the first half of it that correlated to what we're talking about and so that's fresh off my mind and growing up i had seen psycho i had seen uh friday the 13th part one of course that was one of the first horror movies i ever watched and i adored it but it always confused me it was like no jason no this no that where's the iconic everything but as you watch more and more of part one, you can see how it pays homage and also finds its own ad- identity in, in the best of ways. Think about it. You have the hitchhiker. I forget her exact name. You follow her for 20, 25 minutes just for her to get killed, right? Just like um, the mom, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom in Psycho. You follow her, follow her footsteps, everything just to watch her be one of the most iconic death scenes in in cinema,
0: not even just horror. It's the lovely uh the lovely Annie, I think her name was.
2: Yep. The lovely yeah, lovely Annie. Yeah. And it it's just such a perfect draw. And then also you can think of it this way whenever it comes to part one as well. When it comes to part one, take the same psychodynamic and alter it, right? Instead of it being the the son with the mother, you have the mother that doesn't want anything like this to happen to her son, right? And that got confirmed in the documentary. That's how I kind of always thought of it. But I was like, oh, this is some fan theories. But in the documentary, they, that's how Sean S. Cunningham pretty much wanted to orchestrate it. He loved Psycho so much, wanted to pay homage to everything before that. I think it's so well done from Alice, uh, the way that she handles the creepy uh, camp counselor that guy creeped me the hell out. One is the shorts, man. He th- whoever on the set <laughs> decided to give him those shorts really should should have just walked home. Like that was the that was the worst decision in the first one outside of like hundred uh, percent. You know, what was it the exchange where he's there he's she's helping him with that at the cabin? He's like, Yo,
0: you you're really talented, you know. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's so a creepy, really weird. weird guy
1: and he's barely in the movie. But yeah, just I, I know that scene that you're talking about, Chase, I remember it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember the drawing, right? It's like she had a drawing and he's like, "Whoa, you're really you're really talented. <laughs> and he just says it in a weird, creepy way.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminds me of uh, I forget. Not another teenage movie is what I think it is. I think it's got oh, Chris yeah. Evans and the girls doing like a little stick figure drawing and he's like, you have your mother's eyes. And it's literally a stick figure drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So it's just goofy. But that's why I love Friday the 13th so much. And I, I think that's why it never scared me growing up and why I could endlessly consume it. It's because it's never categorized as a horror comedy. But I, 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 I kind of watch them that way. You know, it's got a, mm-hmm. a great amount of goofiness and, and a great amount of homages to everything that kind of set the tone before like Halloween and yeah, like, you know, uh, Pamela Voorhees, Betsy Palmer, just the the kill her mommy, the every, she just fucking mm-hmm. kills it as one of the greatest villainesses ever to hit the screen. I, I really do feel that way. And, you know, they weren't expecting to have more sequels, but I wish we would have saw more of her. And I really think it's just a nice slow burn. You know, there's so many mimics and it's so original yet so copycat-ish at the same time while having its own identity, right? Uh, kind of like Fatal Exam, April Fool's Day that came after that, paying homage to it. So that's pretty much how I view at least part one. Part one is solid from front to back to me. Um, I personally, uh, off the top of my head, whenever it comes to part one, before we get into like the 4K analysis and everything, I would say it's a strong seven and a half to eight is what I'd give it. A strong seven and a half to eight out of 10. It's just, it sets everything up with so little you know it's 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 a great movie i don't see why some people would rank it as the worst one just because it doesn't have jason and it It sets up for jason to be introduced yeah
1: yeah plus i think it it just has all of those at at least for me part one the two things that stand out for me is it's coming off of the footsteps from halloween right because i mean it came out like, I think like two or three years later after Halloween came out. So like the biggest thing you, I mean, the, the stalking is totally Halloween, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. that camera angle with him following mm-hmm. people around It it's totally Halloween. But like you said, it also kind of does it where it has its own identity to it, right? It has like the music playing, you got the, you know, the campy teenagers around and it, it's, it's, it's really well done. And I think it, at least with part one, I think it's one of those movies where, almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we were talking about it last time, where it was like, I, I don't think that they had imagined it to be like technically that good. You know yep. what I mean? Like they were just kind of going for like a campy slasher horror movie off of Halloween just coming out. But like it was actually shot pretty well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's that, that kind of resonates with me with part one. And then 100% due to this, I always think of Psycho when I watch that movie, 100% just because even the way it's shot with her like close up of like, saying you know uh killer mommy killer mommy and just like there's uh, it's so it's so psycho it's so hitchcock and you can tell 100% that he was influenced by that um i i will say with part 1 it's a super slow burn it's a super slow burn at least at least on my end when i, I and again it's been a while since i've seen it yeah. but it, I, I felt like there was a lot more going on, you know, comparing it to, and I have to kind of compare it to my uh, Halloween just because it came out two years earlier. I felt like there was a little bit more going on with Halloween that kind of kept me more engaged than uh, the original Friday the 13th, but um, it, it's still a solid movie. It's, it's a fun movie. It doesn't take, it doesn't take itself seriously. And I don't need the, the classic, you know, Jason in that movie, you mm-hmm. know, Ms. Moore is enough like that. That's, totally fine and i think i think it was kind of able just off the onset kind of kind of go off of its own identity pretty much um and i think i've told you guys this too i don't like a lot of campiness in my horror movies Hmm. or movies in general i'm not a big fan of like campiness but friday the 13th for some reason is just one of those movies where i'm able to kind of forgive just the some of the exaggerations that they go to you know what i mean some some of these teenagers it's like (laughs) You know, what I mean, they're, they're putting themselves in these stupid situations and it's like, come on.
2: <laughs> so, hey, I want to ask like you a just question, watch babe. yeah, because you said it's a super slow burn and I just want to pose this just to get people thinking. Do you feel like it's a slow burn upon rewatch and not initial watch just because you know what's going to happen at the end with it being Pamela Voorhees? Because you really have no idea on that first watch whenever you you are going through. It. You're like, who's the killer? Who's this? That's so now you're just case. anticipating yeah. it. You know?
1: Yeah, no, that that could be it. I think it's because I've seen it a few times that it's, you know, you just know what to expect. But yeah. maybe, like, when you're first watching it, that kind of, you know, with the music, the suspense, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I think that that is a good argument. I think maybe could just because, at least on my end, I've seen it a few times. Yeah. I kind of know what to expect. And And I will say, I think... it's a funny story. So like we were talking about, I think one of our podcasts, we were talking about jump scares, right? And and I have a funny story with the ending of that movie, dude. When I first saw it, I saw, (laughs) I saw it. I think it was late at night. I think I was like 13 or 14 years old when I saw it. Dude, that jump scare with him coming out of the boat I almost shit myself. Like, <laughs> yep. seriously, yeah. I almost, I jumped. I was so not expecting that when it happened. I was, like, fucking shitting myself. Yeah. I was, like, my heart was racing. And I, I don't, I, I wouldn't even classify that as a cheap jump scare, to be it was honest well with done. you. I think it was well done. It was just something that was, like, you know, like, you, you're you at the end. You know, the sun is out. Like, you're taking a breather, and all of a sudden, this fucking horrific-looking fucking monster is coming out of the water and dragging her down. Um, I love that ending. I think it was one of the most like it it, it was it was so ambiguous right it was like he didn't know what to make of it like it happened but it didn't happen um and it and it kind of left the door open where you, like you were wanting more yeah. so the ending to that movie 100% I think it's it's probably one of my favorite horror movie endings period and I'm I'm pretty picky with horror movie endings I think that one did it really well um so I think part 1 <laughs> we' we're, we're, we're gonna get into rankings here in a little bit right Where yeah we towards
2: the home. end after we talk about yeah, yeah we, so
1: part part one for sure is is up there for me um i I think it it, it was able to kind of establish its own identity it's it, it was able to kind of draw from a lot of different inspirations specifically Halloween I think a lot of it was Halloween personally um and then just yeah man just the kind of the campiness it's not like it, it, it's for me it's like it's fun watching it it's not kind of like this oh my god this is too campy it's like it's just complete fun watching that movie um and one of the best jump scares and endings at least to me um, yeah. of all time that that jump scared sh- scared the shit out of me i don't think i've ever had a jump scare do that to me before <laughs> but that one 100 percent did
2: yeah and i wanted to throw this out there just extra information just if people haven't seen go watch crystal lake memories because if you're tuning into this you're probably a friday the 13th fan but um, I'm glad you brought up the ending because I totally spaced out on that. But that wasn't in the original script. I didn't know that. Oh, really? I always thought that didn't was supposed that. to was be. Not, no. Yeah. It was actually, he was directly influenced because they wanted it exactly like you said. They wanted to leave it, the producers, the studios wanted to leave it a little bit more open ended for a potential part two. And even they were confused like, what do you mean? There is no part two. Like, this is a, a finite story. So they did that. Um, and it was a direct homage to the ending of Carrie. Is exactly mm. what it was because of the yep. hand that comes out, it scared the shit out of Sean S. Cunningham, just like that. So he wanted to yeah. do something exactly like that. So mission accomplished, Sean, you got our boy Gabe over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. That dude, I, I swear to God, that it, even when I watch it now, like cause it's just a slow pan, like you like yeah. the camera's slowly panning in on her and she's hanging off the boat. And I still sometimes I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> like you just I just don't know. I can't time it whenever and I've seen the movie so many times, I can't time it whenever he's gonna pop out. That shit scared the hell out of me, dude. Yeah. scared the hell out of me. But yeah, part one is definitely up there for me. We're going to go over rankings here in a second. But uh, Will, what about on your end with part one? Uh, How does it fall with you and and kind of like uh, where you see it?
0: Yeah, I definitely appreciate part one more now, uh, being older. I mean, we talk about like Halloween 3 at times too. And I have the same appreciation for this part one that I have for Halloween three, just because it's, it's just different, you know, and, and growing up as a kid, I remember watching all these on AMC fear fest, you know, like many other people, I'm sure. And, you know, you get associated with Jason and then you're rooting for Jason and you fall in love with him. But, you know, now being who I am, I appreciate that they, they did what they did with this one with Pamela and just having that dynamic, you know, it's just different from obviously the, the movies that are going to come after it, but um yeah i mean sean s cunningham he talked about how much halloween was an influence on this film and you can you can see that with with some of the shot compositions as well as the nods to to psycho as, as you and chase mentioned um they pretty much they, they saw halloween i remember reading they went to see halloween in theaters and they kind of took a lot of notes about what they liked about that what it did well and they kind of applied that to this movie except they they up the violence with this right and i love the fact that you have tom savini on on practical effects in this um coming off a high on on dawn of the dead which i think he did right before this movie a couple years before so it was it's fun to see that i mean i i don't i don't judge the friday the 13th franchise on quality i I judge it on how much fun i have watching it you know Mm -hmm. it's not like other franchises where like scream i I go in there expecting that that it's going to be well written and it's going to be uh, you know, good at at parroting the horror genre, like each franchise to me has their own thing that they do really well. Right. And, and the, the thing that sells them to people. And, and for me with Friday, uh, it's just about how much fun I, I have watching it. And, and that's kind of how I rank these, right. I, I, I don't go in there expecting to see a masterpiece. I just want to have fun. And, and this movie, I will say it's a bit tame, uh, compared to the later installments for me, but not as much camp in this one as, as some of the other ones we're going to talk about. Um, two three and four but mm-hmm. yeah i I just think i appreciate it more now uh coming back to it you know after all these years i watched it again this weekend i watched the 4k which you know we'll touch on in a second here um and yeah i, I just uh, you know betsy palmer rest in peace you know she was so so good in this she did such a good job and it was fun to to see her you know show up here and there in some of the later installments even though some of that footage was reused but um yeah i, I will agree with you gabe that it's much more of a slow burn for me or not necessarily a slow burn i'll just say it's slower paced yeah than the subsequent installments um which for me that's fine you know um i there was it's still widely entertaining yeah um i don't know if we want to get right into the 4k transfer those are pretty much my thoughts on on one you know i don't really have anything to add you guys really touched on everything uh that i yeah. that i was thinking as well so but yeah, I, yeah. we're going to get into the rankings, but I, I definitely appreciate it. It's up there, you know, definitely in my top five.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you guys actually, I haven't unfortunately been able to see the 4K transfer yet, but you guys have. So what were your guys' impression of it? Like, I mean, how was the, I mean, I guess starting with the, the actual like video quality and the actual transfer itself. How, how did
0: that turn out? So like, did it? it, it yeah. Just, yeah. Go ahead, Chase. I'll let you start on this because I know you, uh, you had some thoughts.
2: No. Yeah. I was just going to pretty much just say I liked it. And then whoever picks up after that. Um, (laughs) so yeah. um, (laughs) I just wanted to throw this out there. Yeah. Right. Like 10 out of 10. I didn't know people had issues with this until literally yesterday. I was browsing the subreddit and somebody posed the question, what's the worst 4k transfers? And the answers I saw in there, I was just baffled. You know, of course we saw Terminator 2, um, Mm -hmm. planes, trains, automobiles, And Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but people were in there saying the Exorcist. People were in there saying Friday the Thirteenth, and I was super confused. And um, I'm I'm sorry, but if you've seen Terminator Two, if you've seen some of these like newer half-assed digitally released 4Ks, that's really just to get an extra six seven bucks out of you and just slap Mm -hmm. HDR on there for the sake of it. This Friday the Thirteenth transfer is no, not even my bottom twenty. You know the Goonies. You know, of course, I'm I'm blessed to have the 820. So it's rather easier for me to be able to up the brightness, but I'm telling yeah, yeah. you, even with that 820, I couldn't get the Goonies to be watchable as much as I love that movie. That movie mm. was crazy dark for the most part, yeah. right? So whenever it comes to Friday the 13th, I was able to pretty much optimize it to the full list. And I think I brought it up to. It was a little dark, but I felt like it added a little bit more of that cleaner approach to it. So... Mm. You know, there was some film grain inconsistencies. The HDR definitely added some blacks to it. Um, yeah. Like it, it really honestly made it look like something out of the 90s, maybe the turn of the uh, of the century in the early 2000s at worst, right? It m- made it look super clean without adding any mm-hmm. DNR. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just the added depth with yeah. the HDR and the black levels, honestly. Uh, is it a bit jarring? For sure. You know, there's sometimes you just see the window on there. You got to up that, that darkness a little bit. But I still would say seven and a half eight on the video quality I would give it four out of five an eight out of ten for sure. It's nowhere near bad. It's There's, yeah, it's it's solid. Um but when you you consider the source material and how this was probably handled at the time. I'm I, I, I I'm I just sure, feel blessed they, that we got that.
1: This was this was filmed on this was filmed on 30 millimeter, right? It
2: I want to say 16. yeah yeah, I want to say um, so. I'd have to go
1: back and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's probably 30 millimeters. So I mean, yeah, I mean, and we don't know how the negative was and all that stuff. So I mean, everything that you're talking about, I think, I mean, it sounds pretty yeah. solid. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised people did have an issue with it because I actually heard a lot of people like give it a lot of praise. Yeah, um, I, I, I have I've heard overlooked. about that. I've I've heard some things about the HDR and, and maybe like the exorcist thing. I think maybe what people are complaining about is just, I think maybe color saturation. It was that there are sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes with HDR, I think that, I mean, as great as it is, I think sometimes people, they go a little crazy with it. and they're like, let me just maximize the, the color. And um yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, so far it sounds like it's a pretty solid uh, transfer. Well, did, did you have any negative experiences with it or any different critique? The chase did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to piggyback yeah. off of what Chase said about the the black levels and and this being darker than the SDR counterpart. Um, I think that adds to the atmosphere. To be completely honest, mm, I yep. think it kind of adds to it. And even in those even in those deep blacks in the frame, you can still see detail. So yep. it's not completely lost. I know that's one of the things people were saying was, "Oh, it's too dark. Like you can see less than what you can see on the Blu-ray." It, it's darker than the Blu-ray, but the details within the shadow within those blacks are are more apparent. So yeah mm. and and I paused it a few times on certain scenes just to kind of see if I could make it out, and at least on my t v you know you that's definitely true. it is darker, but again, those details are more apparent um, yeah. the only thing that I guess I can say, i mean, if I'm gonna take issue with anything and and again, this may seem like nitpicking is the contrast balance between daylight and and night scenes, mm. right um, I yeah. will say the the Dolby vision looks great. The daylight scenes, like with the woods and the forests and the, in the, um, the landscape. Yeah. I was going to say like the light reflecting off of the leaves of the trees. Yeah. I, I love that. That looked really good. Um, the colors pop much better, obviously. Um, and I, I have an OLED. So again, um, you know, I, mm-hmm. my reviews are going to be biased because I'm watching it on an OLED and it's going to look a little better. You know, I'm basing it on my previous TV. Um, yeah. and I have seen this on, on both of my TVs. I watched it on my previous x900f and now i'm watching it on my oled but um the only thing that i think I'll, I'll agree with with some of the critiques online is there there's certain scenes i think after the title scene um i'm trying to think it, it's the flash i, I think of white. what people are saying is the whites yeah well they seem to run like slightly hot uh in some areas mm. and, and in a way it kind of looks a bit unnatural. Yeah, I will agree. So almost like, I guess I could say like radioactive, almost like they're kind of glaring. Um, I guess similar to what I was seeing in The Exorcist, Gabe. We were talking about that like in The Subway in particular. Yeah, like I was going to say, is it like, like, was there
1: like an aura around like the, the opening bloom. credits kind of deal? Yeah, like...
0: that's that's kind of what it looked like on my TV. And again, I kind of played with the brightness levels a little bit. I mean, you turn your brightness down, it it fixes it to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm assuming... That's what some people are complaining about, and yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely validity to that. I'd say that that's probably my only takeaway, um, or my only negative about the transfer. Other than that, I don't mind it being darker, I think it kind of adds to the atmosphere, as I said. So, Agreed. you know, other than that, I, I have no issues with
1: it. Was this, uh, I mean, and I haven't looked at the 4K yet, but is this a uh, Dolby Vision? Do we get Dolby Vision with it? Yeah, it's, yeah, Dolby, it's Vision. Dolby
0: Vision and 5.1 um audio. Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I mean, I want to get into the audio too, but like, do you yeah. guys Because I, I think all of us are watching it on OLEDs. We watch all of our transfers. Yeah, we're all on OLEDs. So OLEDs so. Know, just so, yeah, just to kind of, uh, so we do kind of maybe have some consistency there, but do you mm. think it's, I, I've heard that uh, Heat had a similar issue and I know Go- Goonies had a similar issue where it's just like this darkness, like everyone's saying, like it's that like yeah. the disc looks dark and I don't know how much that... I don't know. Have you guys like done the factory reset thing? I don't know if you guys are using Sony's or LG's, but at least on LG, LG. there's a way to kind of like, yeah, a way to take off that um, the auto dimming. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So you have that off chase and it still looked a little bit kind of dim.
2: Yeah. Well, so Friday the 13th just looked naturally black, you know, like in in where it was appropriate, like Will's been saying, like I, I can't agree enough with that, like it added to it. There's some parts where it's like, you know, you could just see a window, but I could still see the lines of the log cabin. My
0: mm-hmm. problem
2: with the Goonies is it was dark no matter what. So, like, yeah. it, it was almost as if it had a tint over the entire movie, even during the daytime scenes. Okay, so that's not the that, case here. No, not, no. Cause cause, I, I think yeah. heat
1: had the same thing where people were saying it had, like, kind of this, like, almost, like, filter. Even, like, in the daylight scenes that it was just like, yeah. why does this still look dim when not, we're outside?
2: No, not on this. Uh, But Goonies, definitely. I will say that because I had to, Mm -hmm. like, I had to babysit the HDR optimizer on my 820 during the Goonies. Uh, Oh, boy. This one, no, not really. It's just the the dark scenes, you know, it's black. It's true black with the hidden details on the OLED and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but I could see how somebody, you know, I, I don't ever judge people's anything, whatever you watch your movies on, as long as you're watching movies, hell fucking, yeah, Yeah, watch the movie, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if LEDs are contributing to that with the, with the side, um, this, the LED arrays coming from the side or maybe vertically, I don't know if that maybe be altering people's experiences, I have nothing but good things to say about this, other than like I agree with every critique Will had, as minor as they are. I would give the video, like I said, I'll, I'll sit at a solid eight. Um, but that's because that's as good as it will look. It's not a mm-hmm. perfect transfer, it has its flaws um uh, an atmos track would have been kind of cool you know i like those elevated highs and those um and those you know more bassy lows but this isn't oh, man. so this doesn't have yeah so this doesn't have
1: an atmos track i was actually going to get into mm. sound with you guys so there's no atmos with this it has i think i heard will say a 5.1 5.1
0: yeah it's uh, dolby digital 5.1 audio okay yeah. does it
1: come with any mono track at all like the original yep. mono track for it yeah, yeah it definitely Okay, definitely least to give us that okay
2: how, how, how was the audio overall good i mean i think it's the same thing this is the same audio yeah okay i don't so know no if it's remastered yeah or re- revised it's not a revised audio at least it's not advertised because that's actually going to be the next thing uh because will and i right before we were rolling we're actually going in about this um paramount pulled a paramount and i'm gonna for the people watching the video feed this is the steelbook right here you know so looks awesome, right? You'd think this is the Steelbook, you know, once it got into the wild and some people that did their due diligence knew. But you popped and it <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of want to pose the question now to the audience. Which one's the 4K Steelbook and which one's the Blu-ray Steelbook? <laughs> They're the same. Um,
1: same freaking thing, man.
2: They're the same thing. And I'm going to be honest, the fact that you upcharged me when you can probably, as long as it's still in print, I'm pretty sure I grabbed this for nine ten bucks. Uh, not long after it came out for the Blu-ray, that's why I buy them because I am a Mega mm-hmm. F- F13 fan. This is the laziest thing ever. I'm gonna be honest. You know, mm-hmm. they, they know people like me. Like I, I love this slip cover. You know what I mean? Like it, it adds to yep. it. I'm a Friday the Thirteenth collector. Pretty much, they'll get me. You know, I am who they are targeting. Mm-hmm. But as cool as this slip cover is, for twenty eight bucks for the people watching on the video feed. Unless you're a, a, a hardcore avid collector, yeah. and I mean yeah. the only difference with the steel book as well is one says Blu-ray disc on the bottom, the 4K just has I a script removed. 4K. No, it doesn't yeah. even say 4K. Oh, it just has.
0: That oh, background. really?
2: Yeah. Here, I'll zoom oh, in. Oh, I didn't My even notice that. Get in yeah, no 4K. So okay, so they took the logo out. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. That's they just interesting. took the Blu-ray off. Yeah. Wow, so, so they
1: did a whole other. I mean, maybe they just did the spine, but like they did a whole other print, pretty much. With yeah, it's the same pretty, thing. They, they, you might as well just done a whole other print to begin with with new artwork at that point.
2: Yeah, inside's the same too. By the way, so there's no I mean, differences. People
0: love that poster art, though. So I, can, I agree. It's I mean, classic. Yeah. I I'm mean, not,
2: it's, I'm not defending
0: them. It's still lazy, but yeah. It's yeah. Sort of, I mean, at this point, what else would they do? I mean, if Shout Factory
2: did it, I'm sure it would be
0: they find a way to make yeah. it a little more creative. They'd probably hire somebody to do artwork, but...
2: Yeah, I agree. And it's not like it's the end of the world, but it's just for people that are curious. Yeah. I just find it, you know, double dipping, you know, we do it. You know, mm-hmm. physical yeah. media collectors, we'll, we'll do yeah. it. We'll support our favorite. movies because I want to make sure they know there's an audience for this. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like, of course, it's Friday the 13th. People are, if you're a fan, you're going to buy it. It's 4K. You know, we don't even have part two out yet. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's pretty much that like as a, as a whole audio, all included everything. I think I'd sit at a solid eight still, you know, video, audio, everything. It's the best it's ever going to be, uh, unless a boutique gets a hold of it and maybe makes the film grain a little bit more consistent. I would say, you mm-hmm. know, it's worth, worth adding on your shelf. You can get probably this upcoming black Friday if it didn't drop down to 10, 15 last year, cause it was pretty much a short turnaround to black Friday last year. Pick it up. It's a, it's a worthy addition mm-hmm. to your collection for sure. We we should say too, Chase. So and, and Gabe, I'll, we'll let you know too, because this
0: is apparently limited edition. So oh, I don't know okay. how many of these slips exist. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I don't I don't think they're sold out yet. I know Amazon and Best Buy both carry them. <laughs> well, will get so. them before Best Buy gets rid yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. But I mean, we should probably steer people in the right direction too. Like, if you're thinking about buying the Blu-ray. I would just hold off because mm-hmm. we just had a discussion about this too, regarding how they're going to release these. Like if they're going to start doing 4k, not only slip covers, but steel books, I would just hold off on the Blu-rays. I mean, the Blu-rays at this point, even the steel books are super cheap. I think they are. we were saying the fourth one came out mm-hmm. in what, February you guys said? Yeah. Right now, on, as of this, on Amazon, I think it's like $9. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, if you're, if, I mean, if you don't care about 4k and you just want, want it on Blu-ray, I would, I would go for that. That's, a solid super great deal but you know uh, otherwise if if you want the best format i would just hold off until they put them out on 4k which seems to be the plan so far so
1: yeah well it sounds like a solid release it sounds like you both give it like a four out of five yeah is that fair to say
2: is that what you give it will
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah three and a half four It's, it's solid
1: yeah pretty decent sounds like yeah i'm gonna probably try to watch it before the end of the month
2: yeah um just lacks Which extras kind of... for people, just to throw that out there. Just lacks extras is why I'm giving it minus two. Oh, so I they didn't never added that. any? No, It's not no, a loaded yeah. package. Just... Bare Bones. Okay. It's a Paramount release. As much yeah. as you like Paramount, and they do some cool stuff. It's just bare bones packaging yeah. and release. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. We um, should say it's the same as the Slipcover
0: too. It's, it's both cuts of the film. It's the theatrical and the uncut version as well, for those mm-hmm. of you who are interested okay. in that. I think I'll it's like an eight-minute difference as far as footage is concerned, something like that.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to bring us over. So we, we've talked about part one. We've talked about the 4K release, which just came out. Um, so part two, Ooh. Uh, Chase. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see cause I, I know we we briefly talked about this earlier. Like the ranking, I think we all had like our ranking differed a little bit. I don't. I forgot which movie it was though. I don't know if it was two or or four. But Chase, what do you think about part two?
2: 2 is my absolute favorite of the entire franchise. Uh, mm. it's, it's it's just such a strong entry. Um, whenever it comes to uh, Gina, I, I always, I am so horrible. I am Gina wait, the, 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 final the, girl. the
1: psychologist girl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, 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 am so horrible when it comes to remembering like fictionalized Dude, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it either, but I can remember. Even for that. movies I love. <laughs> yeah. So it's, the final it's, girl. Uh, wait, it's Ginny, I think, right? Or, yeah. Oh, Ginny. Ginny. Okay. I was close. Ginny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The no, Red, you're good. The redhead. Yeah. Yeah. I think she does such a great job and especially, you know, they go back in and, you know, they already they set such a strong lore in from, like, the beginning talking about, like, the stories and stuff like that, the kind of spookiness of this camp that they're at, what had happened to the mom, and they're even aware and telling a story about Jason. It sets you up, like, you're kind of getting the spines, putting your you know, the chills up your spine, just kind of ooh, you kind of feel like you're at mm-hmm. that campfire. At least that was my first watch. I probably watched this when I was like 12 or so, something like that. And it's just so strong and there's so much tiny dialogue that you could easily dismiss that sets up everything that happens in that movie. It's, it's a very dialogue. It's not, you know, it's not a character study, you know what I mean? It's not one of those ones that you're going to, Oh my gosh, you know, and then something happens off of two words later on, but there's definitely some, like a lot of foreshadowing and a lot of like creepy details that you can get from just the dialogue itself. And then, I absolutely love and I know this is a hot take and some people agree with me but it's not the consensus but I love Baghead Jason, the pillowcase mask. I just <laughs> find it so cool and I found it so awesome that it was a direct homage to the town that dreaded sundown. and yeah, you know, yeah that is a, by the way, sidetrack if you haven't seen that, turn this off, go watch it. It's just as good if not better. Uh, I yeah. love that movie. that movie is amazing. And it pays great homage in this entry to The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Um, It's pretty much, it's almost very similar outfit. But the ending is actually my favorite final 20 minutes out of any of them. And that's why I think it's the strongest entry in the entire one. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I would definitely say four is the best in production value for sure out of all the ones we're talking about. But two yeah. just has the special place because of the psychological games that Jenny plays with Jason, you know, putting on the sweater, mm-hmm. having the head right there. And then like she's just able to play these mind games just from the simple stories that she was able to find out from Jason. And then especially the mom, you know, um, or like, uh, what happened to Pamela Voorhees and stuff like that. She's able to just get herself out of the situation, try her absolute best. I only have one complaint and they even, uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I was choking myself up there. So there's only one tiny complaint is I always noticed this, but I'm glad it was in that, uh, Crystal Lake memories documentary. She's like, where's, I believe his name is Paul. He just goes in my fucking A. He just goes missing, uh the which one's Paul oh yeah, he stays at the bar, right yeah, I at was, the bar yeah the
1: thin now. the thin kid, right
2: uh the yeah super thin one it, she's the one that is like kind of going around or going around with Jenny and stuff like that throughout the movie, and then he just goes missing, and even in like the dream sequence that tends to happen at most of the end of all the Friday, the 13th, she's like, yeah. where's Paul, yep. where's Paul what I haven't seen him either. that's a question for you. You know, like, so they bring it up in the camp, the Crystal Lake documentary that they just, we forgot about them. <laughs> so I found it very interesting. <laughs> it didn't fall in again. This, I haven't
1: seen it in so long. I thought oh, maybe I got to watch it again, dude. My yeah. thing is I, I when whenever I watched it, there was that, you know, at the very beginning, like when their truck is getting towed, mm. like their truck gets towed and it was like, you know, they towed it to the friend's house. He lived like right around the corner. Mm-hmm. um It was a, that that thin kid. Like he was the one I was thinking of because like he was at the bar drinking, and then like you never see him again after that. I could be wrong. I mean, it's been a while since I've like he's there, and then you never see him again.
2: I think. Oh, okay. Oh, no. you? Yeah, I know. Did who he? You did, he about? did he? Did yeah. he die or
1: no? Um, I don't think he did. I remember like he's he gets drunk and he's like, "Hey, is there a twenty four hour bar here?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, there is." And like you don't see him again after that.
2: Yeah, his. His acting, it's Paul Holt. That's the one yeah, I'm Paul talking Holt. about. Let me it's see. Paul Holt. He's the, okay. he's the one with like the chili, longer chilly that stuff. That's Jenny's yeah. that's,
1: that's boyfriend, right? oh, yeah. boyfriend, right?
2: Oh, that's not Jenny's boyfriend, right? Hmm. Or like her really, really good companion, no, think, yeah, at least. Yeah,
0: he is. He's, he's like,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. Her, her love interest. Yeah. Because she's screaming for him yeah, when she's on the grid. I mean,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. She says, Where's Paul? yeah i thought i thought didn't he didn't he get his like head squeezed with his eyeball like pushed out
2: no that's our fourth entry oh gotcha okay yeah see it's been a minute since
1: i've seen it Mm -hmm. oh see, yeah i'm starting to mix them up yeah but i'm I'm gonna i'm curious to see i'm gonna look up the cast of the second one because i swear to god that kid was just at the bar and you never see him
2: (laughs) he was the one that survived I, i could totally be wrong though yeah, it's just it's fun. You know, it, it ups the camp factor over uh one for sure up until the last 20 minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then it has some like pretty good cinema in there, you know, Um, and I think it really is the last 20 minutes that really, really captivates me about that one. Just the standoff with Jenny and, and Pamela's sweater, you know, going at Jason. And I don't mm. know, there was just something just as menacing as the hockey mask with him just having one peephole through that pillowcase. Because it could be anybody Mm. at that point. Of course, we assume Mm -hmm. it's Jason, right? Um, Because of what happens at the end of part one and part two. And then you see one eye, you can easily piece that together because of the way you you watch part one closely enough. You know, at the time, it might have been a little bit harder to kind of piece that together. But once physical physical media was able to be gotten a hold of a lot more easily, it's probably easy to call that out, right? Yeah. Special effects are solid. I found everybody just had so much fun. You could tell everybody was just having a time of their mm-hmm. life in this movie. And it keeps the tra- uh, the the trope up from the part 1 and I we kind of touched on this, I don't know if we did. You have sex you die. You know, that's yeah. Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you have sex you that's die. That's
1: where the 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 mythos with like Scream starts coming in. <laughs> Yep, exactly. It's like you have, you have to Especially die. with this
2: franchise,
0: it's, it's all about skinny dipping, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. If we're going to go skinny dipping, that means somebody's going to get killed.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to bring this up. I actually have to go back because I always forget her name. Kirsten Baker was my first cinematic love interest. I oh. I just love she the her. one. She's the one that goes skinny dipping, right? She's the, the one short that shorts? goes skinny with dipping. The, yeah. that the one yeah. with the dog? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was my first love at first sight. It is just, oh yeah, I loved that movie. It was just so good. Yeah, the my, cast uh, just had so much fun. And my just girl's a, not a
0: oh, fan. Oh, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I was just saying, my my girl's not as much of a fan of her as I am. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I think same here.
1: Um, I I just, I did look it up, Chase, while you were talking. So the so uh, the character's name was Ted. Um, and he he does stay at the bar, and he that he ends up like you never see him again. He actually lives because he like stays drunk at the bar. He's not at the oh, site like getting killed. <laughs> like oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do remember. I was like, what happened to this dude? Like he just stays at the bar and he survives.
2: <laughs> I was too distracted by Kirsten Baker, so I, I, I when once he was at the bar and stuck there, I was I forgot about him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and ironically, Chase just as a little segue. So part two with me. we agree so far part two is, is my favorite one in the franchise. And I think it's because it's kind of like what I talked about with part one. I think part one is coming off, you know, Halloween and it was doing a good job setting its own identity. But Mm -hmm. I think this is the one like part two is where it's like, okay, this is Friday the 13th. Like this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what you should come to expect of us. And I think like the, the whole thing with, I, I think it just had a lot more memorable characters too. Like you have Ginny, the psychologist, the boyfriend, um, you have this dude at the bar. Like, I mean, I barely <laughs> remember him, but I remember <laughs>
3: him <being laughs> enough forgetting. to say, like, "Hey, this this dude yes.
1: survived." You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, there was just a lot more. Like, the, the characters were just a lot more fun, and there was a lot more going on. And then I remember the what you had talked about too, the, the campfire scene. Just like the whole setup at the beginning, where they're talking about, you know, Pamela Voorhees and Jason, and it's, it's kind of just setting up like, you know, just like you would at any kind of, you know, campsite, like a spooky mm-hmm. story. And, you know, everyone kind of shrugs it off. But that's like, the fun part about It's like, yeah, you guys are about to die yeah <laughs> at the thing that you're shrugging off. So part two, for me, I think it, it became, I think it solidified its identity. I think it, it, it kind of, it knew wasn't. It's. I mean, the first one didn't take itself seriously either, but this one for sure like knew what it was doing. Um, and then also, I I agree with you too, man. I actually like the pillowcase, Jason. I know some people shit on it. I think it's cool. I I love, I love the whole concept of it. You know what I mean? Because I mean, yeah, what would he use? You know what I mean? He'd use it probably a pillowcase. Like it's yeah. not anything <laughs> complicated. You know what I mean? And it and it honestly, it looks kind of creepy too. It does. Like it, it reminds me of like um. I, I think obviously, like like the strangers, kind of like I know like those sacks that yep. they have over their head, like that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's kind of like just the sack over his head, and it's 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 scary, just with a little like you know, you just see his eyeball and that's it. And um and this one just had a lot more. I I liked a lot more of the kills with this one too, man. Just like you know the killing, like uh I mean he's done it a few times, but just, just you know underneath the mattress, just stabbing mm-hmm. from underneath the mattress. And this one is the one with the hammock, right? Or was that part? And now I'm starting to mix them up. Was this the hammock kill where like the girl was like reading the magazine
2: and the drug, the blood was dripping yep. from the ceiling. I'm almost positive. The, the, that this was one? this one. Yeah. Um, it gets hard when you watch them sequentially. Yeah. Like I just did. Cause it's like, which yeah. blur together it? and for the yeah. well,
1: same for me. Cause it's like, I haven't seen him in so long. So I start, my memory starts getting blurred, but yeah. I remember just a lot of the kills with this one are just a lot more fun. They're a lot more creative. Um, and then just, and, and I think it did a good job again, kind of like taking, what it did with the first one with how they ended it. Like they just paid homage to their, like their own franchise pretty much. You're like, Hey, we're going to end it the same way the first one did where it's kind of like this weird ambiguous kind of thing. We don't know what happened. Leaves the door open. Um, and yeah, man, I think this was like the peak of the franchise for me a hundred percent. Like, I think it's just, it, it was just a lot of fun. It doesn't have the, and I didn't mind it in the first one, that like kind of slow burn I was talking about. Yeah. Um, this one, I, I feel like even if I rewatch it, It's just like, you know, from the get-go, it's just a lot of fun. So um, I'd say part two is probably, and we'll get into ranking these here in a little bit, but part two is definitely probably my favorite.
0: Absolutely. What about you, Will? Part two. Part two is great. It's not my favorite, but I I will say, I think out of all the installments we're going to talk about, as far as Final Girls go, Ginny's probably my favorite. (laughs)
2: I agree. I'd say she's
0: probably up there. I mean, in the whole yeah. dynamic with her and Jason at the end, uh, with the sweater and like pretending to be Pamela, that that was great. I love that. Um, I will say the the baghead Jason. I don't know. I I assumed more people were fans of that. I didn't think that was like a. Uh, I've heard some I, people I say it looks like, like corny. Some people say I it love looks it. Corny. Dude. Like Chase mentioned, I love the town that dreaded sundown. Chase and I have talked about that movie. And again, anybody who hasn't seen that, please check that out. You know, highly recommended. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that. But I I actually think the bag, as much as I love the hockey mask, and we'll we'll talk about that with with part three, I think the bag is creepier. I think it's scarier because it actually plays more to your imagination. And especially after watching one, you see how he looks as a child when he reaches out of the water to uh, grab uh, Alice. Mm-hmm. it it, it kind of plays with you a little bit because you can just i mean at least when i'm watching it i'm sitting there going i, I wonder how ugly this motherfucker looks under yeah. this, this <laughs> fucking bag yeah just hideous and obviously we can we can talk about that in a moment or we could talk about it now that the the jump scare in, in part oh, two yeah. the big jump scare the at window the end, when he uh and i, mean, I want to spoil it for anybody but frankly if you haven't seen this movie by now um you're late to the point well, yeah but, and if yeah, you're yeah, this late you're...
1: in the part podcast too <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen this by now, please watch it. But, um, yeah, I I thought that was awesome. Again, they, they up the ante from part one. And and I love that, you know, they kind of correlated that jump scare, particularly with the one at the end of part one. And I thought that was really well done. We get to kind of see Jason, like, you know, he's older, but he's still young in a sense with like the long hair, you know, that's like a unique look for him. And again, being who I am now watching these movies over, as I said about part one, I kind of have the same appreciation for this one just because it is in, in as far as image is concerned, right? Or as far as Jason, he's just so different in this movie than he is in, in the rest of the films mm-hmm. right. Um, with part one, I appreciate it because of of uh, Betsy Palmer's performance as Pamela and with this one, just the fact that jason his his look was just so unique, right? Even though it's mm-hmm. kind of paying homage to some other films. Um, I, I appreciated that. It's not my favorite. It's probably my second favorite uh, out of the ones we're going to talk about, and we'll get into that more in a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I like it better than part one. Um, so I I'd rank this probably two uh, out of all mm. all four of them. You know, the kills were better. Nudity was was better. Um, Kristen Baker, shout out, you know, total babe. You know. Yeah. Um, I will say as far as the kills that my favorite kill in this movie is and I forget his name, you guys can maybe help me with this the the character in the wheelchair and he's actually oh, a really yeah. he's actually he's actually a redeeming Franklin. character. I actually pretty, like this Franklin. character. I actually feel yeah. bad yeah, that he, the wheelchair kill my favorite. Yeah, and the just, wheelchair yeah, kill is so awesome. In the
1: face of the fucking machete. Yeah, I, man, dude, like... <laughs> I
0: just laughed out loud and it's like, you know, it's just a testament to like how well they film this because it's mm-hmm. just, I remember that scene so vividly. It's like they're slowly like, you know, tracking in on, on the back of his head and he's sitting there and he's calling for um his girlfriend and then <laughs> he turns around. And it's just boom. Dude, and it's perfect. I'm like smiling um, while I, you're talking about it. I feel bad that it. he dies. <laughs> I feel bad that he died because I actually liked his character. I, I would say other than Ginny. He's probably the only other character that I actually felt bad for, you know, as far as, you know, what they're going through. But other than yeah. that, I mean, yeah, the, the kills are pretty cool, though. But it's we're going to get confused, too, because you start watching these movies. And as you guys said, everything comes jumbled. They all, all kind of bleed into each other. And the kills are similar.
2: There's mm-hmm. a lot of similar kills as well. Yeah,
1: there's so, a lot of under the mattress yeah. kills, I feel like. I feel like he's done that a few times. Yeah.
2: And everybody gets thrown yeah. through a window at least twice, in each oh, Friday God, the Thirteenth, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: the random window throws where you think yeah. everything's safe, and then a or body's grab. just flying through the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, part it sounds like we all kind of really appreciate part two. Part two, so mm. I, I like it a lot. I feel like that's where they 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 had their solidified identity, and they just had fun with it, and 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 in turn, yeah. like we had a lot of fun with it too. And it's interesting, kind of going, uh, Chase. I'm going to ask you about part three here, but from what I heard they were going to go like part three was supposed to be like continue on with Ginny, Correct. Like from what I understand, but the actress didn't want to return. Mm -hmm. So, so then we get this like whole different story with part three. um, Almost
2: every single one has been stopped that way. It's so weird. Like, you know, like we aren't even talking about that, but that's what happened with Corey Feldman, you know, that whole plot Mm -hmm. line. And uh, we'll get into that eventually, but it never really develops. If you've seen it, Friday 13th after that. But yeah, no, it, it, the, the biggest thing, it's just like Gunnar Hansen never coming back in Texas Chainsaw. They wouldn't pay the man. You know, mm-hmm. Jenny was worth the the the, the time and everything. You yeah. know. And it's not like they were asking much. You can go find the details of like what was going on and stuff like that. They just keep offering people minimum and want them to do the most work for minimum. And, you know, yeah. it's pinching pennies for yeah. for the sake. Like if you want somebody back that bad, pay them. I think that happened in the mm-hmm. Nightmare franchise. Um, I forget, it was one of her, First big breakout roles. I think it was Friday, or not Friday, Uh, Freddy 3. Uh, okay. That happened with her, too. Um, it happens a lot. It's super weird. But yeah, the, the original concept was going to be cool, but originally they just brought her back to killer.
1: Yeah, man. That sucks, because I think that, that would have been a great concept for part three. So part three. Um, and I was going to ask you, Chase, because I'm actually like not a big fan of... 3d i know that you are really? you and i have talked about this yeah i'm not a big fan i don't like 3d
3: <laughs> really i
1: don't like like the whole when yeah the avatar came out and the whole like explosion with 3d again and the 3d blu-rays i'd never oh, geez. bought into that whatsoever i just I, I don't know man i just i'm just not a big fan of 3d but like this was released in 3d right mm-hmm. so i'm like i'm curious like i i mean your thoughts on part three in general but also uh, the 3d aspect if you've seen it in 3d i'm not sure if you have or yeah. not yeah. So, so what do you think about
2: it? So, um, of course, never saw it in theaters way before my time mm-hmm. in 3D. So I, I yeah. never cap- – I mean, if, if it comes out in a re-release, I'm going to be the first person to go see that on the big screen mm-hmm. in that way because projector 3D versus at-home 3D, as much as I am a believer that at-home 3D was just a, a, a cost-inefficient thing at its time to really encapsulate the full degree of what it can do, I still think it's really cool. You know, the there's there's some awesome 3D Blu-rays out there. But this is definitely a movie that they they full frontal a lot of it was so that everything felt like it was coming at you. They did multiple yeah. takes, as they said, in the Crystal Lake Memories. Everything was had to be perfect because everything had to come at the lens, like with the yo-yo, um, the spear gun. You know, They had to yeah. basically put a, a grapple line from the spear gun, hold it on there, and then do that, which you can kind of see with the way it kind of comes at it like that it's 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 goofy it's it's fun it, it, the camp factor is at its height i think out of all four of them that we're talking about today i think this one's definitely the campiest out of the original uh, quadrilogy that you could say up until you get to the final chapter but um yeah when it comes to just the 3d aspects i think you know, that had to have been one of the stronger ones i don't have a hold of a lot of those ones from that time i've seen creature from the black lagoon in 3d which is freaking awesome that's really cool but I just love it. I think it's a different level of immersion whenever you have things like you get that, you know, that whole three dimensional aspect, and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's hand comes out and off topic. But my favorite movie I've ever seen in 3D was Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton one. That was amazing. I, I saw
1: that. Yeah. I saw that in IMAX 3D when it first came out. And yeah. I, I don't hate 3D. Like,. <sighs> like if if it's like a, you know, big cinematic kind of experience like Alice in Wonderland or like, you know, uh, avatar, like I'll go, I'm going to watch in 3d, especially if the director intended it to be seen that way as cinematically. So, um, yeah, Alice in Wonderland looked gorgeous. I know this is a huge sidetrack, but yeah, Yeah. like the technology (laughs) can definitely be utilized in a, I I just like for at home experience. I just, for me, it's like not worth all the effort on my end, but like for, for people that, you know, if they, if they get something out of that immersion, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, I mean, this one was released in 3D. Um, so, I mean, did did you get anything out of that? Did it add anything for you? Like, at least for your, like, at, like, at home experience with it?
2: Eh, not really. I mean, it's cooler, you know, it, but it doesn't add mm-hmm. any points to it, you know. Um, because yeah. the movie is still the movie without it. And, like, if you watch it in 2D... Um, it's not like it scares you anymore. It might have at the mm-hmm. time, you know. Again, I haven't seen it on the big screen. You know, when you go see things with a crowd in that type of environment, and you see other people's reactions, it, it elevates it, right? If yeah. people aren't into it, it's it's it. Yeah, it, it can dull the experience. It can make the experience heightened, you know. So. For this specific one, I think I think all of it kind of just makes it look a little bit like the camp factor is upped without the 3D, you know, the yo-yo to the camera like this and the spear gun. Um, The spear gun is probably a lot cooler in 3D for sure, because you don't notice the literally you can literally tell that's on a line, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's it's trying to um, gyrate uh, horizontally. And it, it it's cool though, you know, because also this is the one where we get the Jason that we all know and love, you know. Yeah. So without this all these the hockey gimmicks, Jason. yeah. And you know, I will say that this is my least favorite out of the original four. I will say that um, this one is on the bottom for me personally. Um, it's still a very strong movie because there's a lot that gets set up into it. I do think it's the slowest paced. I think it has the wonkiest characters out of all of them that, you know, there are some characters like um, the little rebel punks and stuff that they meet in the gas station and all that kind of fun oh, yeah, stuff. Like the, the biker gang. That I whole just thing was weird. Yeah, it was just it felt added for the sake of just having that teen punk rock edge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It felt shoehorned. And, you know, again, it it might've been different seeing it at that time, but I love those aesthetics. There's times it's done well and there's times where it's not necessarily done well, but I definitely think that this one, it it was like 40, I believe it was like around the 40 when I was watching it just earlier this morning or last night. Uh, No, yeah, it was yesterday. So whenever I was rewatching it, it takes a while just for him to really start getting the kill count in there and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's very slow. They try to develop these characters that I personally just really didn't care for that much. And then yeah. the hockey mask scene, it's cool. I believe his name is Shelly. he was actually a nice guy. I think I liked mm-hmm. him more than other people did. I think he's a pretty well hated character out of the fan base. That's for this the, the little
1: curly haired chubby dude, right? Yeah. Curly he's the hair. one. Oh <laughs> yeah. He's so like annoying. Yeah. A, he's
0: like a prankster and he's like, you know, he, he like fakes his death once or twice and, and pisses everybody off. So he, yeah. he's one of those guys. Yeah, which actually
1: that's what impacts his death, if I remember correctly, right? Everyone, like he, He's like dying, and the girl's like, oh,
2: like, quit joking around. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually dying. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I definitely think this one falls under the horror comedy aspect um, a lot mm, more yeah. than many of the other ones, and that actually has me curious if it's categorized as I. I'll look that up whenever, whenever you guys go, because I'm just genuinely curious, because the camp is upped. Um, it's really cool because, like I said, we do get the Jason that we know and love, and Mm -hmm. the story behind it's really cool. There's multiple stories that circulated around it. A lot of people like to take credit for the hockey mask. Almost everybody on that set likes to say (laughs) it was their idea, but the story I like is somebody just showed up with the hockey mask, put it on Jason, and they rolled with it. I love that story so much. No one's taking credit, and somebody just threw it on his face and said, here you go, this is what we're running And how
1: iconic it became afterwards. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and it it does look menacing because – I mean, I'm I'm a hockey fan, and that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. reasons I I love Jason. He's my favorite horror icon up there with Leatherface. It's just he just looks like he'd beat the hell out of you, like a little goon or yeah. enforcer on the hockey rink. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he just looks like he'd annihilate you. He's a big, buff, bulky guy, and that's where we start getting that in this. You know, I love the spear gun kill as much as the 3D aspects. Kind of goofy um, mm-hmm. because then she falls in the lake and stuff like that. And you you get a lot of good, memorable moments. Uh, This is definitely one of the ones where you kind of get the more hulky uh, Jason that we all kind of know as what becomes more constant throughout all of them. Because otherwise, like part two, like he, I I forget exactly, but I think somebody just slightly knocks him over and he just, you know, in part two, it's just like, man, you know, so we kind of get that superhuman strength in this one. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the more supernatural aspects of Jason start to come around especially with what happened to him in part two, you don't really expect him to Mm -hmm. come back. So part three, as much as it's my least favorite, it's not bad by any means. And I love camp. I eat it for breakfast, but whenever it comes to it, it's just, it it felt a little over the top and goofy characteristically, not necessarily Mm -hmm. as a whole Mm -hmm. movie. And it has nothing to do with the 3d. The 3d definitely adds to it. It's just, I found the characters to be the the goofiest. I love the most of the cast in the first and second one. This Mm -hmm. one, I felt like a majority, if not all of them are pretty expendable.
0: I thought the final girl was pretty good. I think her name is Christine in this one. Yeah, um, yeah. That I mean, she was, like, she was a little more endearing, you know, to me. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as everyone else, I couldn't really, don't really. Care. I think
1: it's because she had that backstory where she ran into Jason before. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I think, yeah.
1: I think that's what kind of like made her a little bit more grounded. She's probably the most grounded character out of all the kind of exaggerated, campy characters they added on. Yeah. yeah um, the
0: initial encounter.
1: Yeah, but I mean, part three i i i don't like it. i think so so far chase you and me are like pretty like spot on with like where we're ranking where i think we're gonna rank these i mean like yeah. par, part three for me it's it, you get the iconic jason but like the the thing is too you don't get it till like i think it's like 50 minutes in the movie if i, I could be wrong i remember watching it a long time ago and i'm like where's hockey mass jason where's hockey mass jason this is where we're supposed to get him and like it doesn't happen till pretty late in the movie mm-hmm. um and I mean, when we get it, it's awesome. But like, like what you kind of said, Chase is a lot of these characters were annoying. They were like super obnoxious. The, the Shelley was his name. Yeah. The one the, yeah. The he yeah. was kind of obnoxious. And then like the, the, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to keep these movies. Yeah. So you had the, the biker gang was this one, right? This yep. is the biker gang, which we just talked about the biker gang situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like a lot of characters. I just didn't care about. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of boring for me. Like I really didn't get anything. I felt like the what made part two, so at, least, like at least my favorite in the franchise, is like it, it took all the good things about part one and kind of amplified it, but didn't. Yep. It knew it's like boundary too. It's like okay, this is what we're doing. We're not going to go too crazy with it. And then yeah. this one is like, no, screw that boundary. We're just going to go <laughs> like a hundred percent crazy. Um, it has some cool kills. Like just to correct myself, we 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 searched it up. That the the hammock kill is in this one. So this is the one okay. where you know she looks up and the boyfriend's up, kind of like in the you know the the ceiling pretty much and dripping down the blood, which I thought was was awesome. So there are some cool cool kills in this one, um, but it's I I just think – I was just annoyed with the characters a lot, and I I think that's what kind of dragged the movie down a little bit for me. And it and it felt longer too. I don't know. I'd it'd be interested yeah. in looking at the run, run time for this one compared to the other hour one. Hour thirty I, five. An hour yeah, thirty five, which more, is a, a few, which is on par I guess with the other ones. Uh, yeah, yeah so like it's um, and I mean going and I didn't touch on this with with part two uh, an annoying thing I do <laughs> wish they had gotten rid of with these movies is I hate the first three minutes where it's like just going through the whole damn like what we saw in the last movie it's like literally three minutes four minutes of just like the same footage from the previous movie and it's like come on let's... bringing you up to speed so to
0: speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's
1: like almost like a TV episode and it's like just no, man, you like... didn't watch the previous TV.
2: <laughs> <laughs> here's the cliff notes
1: yeah pretty much yeah. and it's like yeah it, it, it's just um with, with part three specifically i just kind of got bored with it. it it's um it has a lot of fun kills don't get me wrong um and that that freaking uh what, what does he use again like to kill that girl within the eye that the the spear gun uh the yeah, the, the spear, spear gun. gun. I, I love that kill. That was like the highlight of the movie, just because yeah. I mean he's with Jesus. the hockey mask, he has a spear gun. Yeah, yeah. and he just, just shoots it. And yeah. Um that's that's the highlight of the movie. And then after that it just kind of dies down. <laughs> um so I, I think that they they took off their barrier. I think they went a little bit too much with the camp, too much with even some of the kills, like it, it just kind of got like so. And it, I hate saying it's over the top because it's Friday the Thirteenth, but it's like it just went a little too much. And it, it, and I think when you do that in conjunction with boring characters that you don't care about, I think that could lead to kind of some boredom and some kind of like, um
3: like you kind of just get numb. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I want to describe it almost as like numb, just getting kind of numb to it at that point. Um yeah. Like like one and two definitely just I I'm able mentally to kind of like differentiate some of them you know what i mean but this one is just mm-hmm. kind of hard to kind of like pinpoint standout moments for me and this is coming from someone who hasn't seen it maybe in like a year and a half or so um but yeah it's like you know one and two i'm able to kind of give these highlight moments this one all i just remember is hockey mask and spear gun <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and just annoying characters that i really didn't the hammock. care for even that the, the hammock and the boyfriend kind of like the whole thing that i agree with you will that girl i think she's the most grounded character but the boyfriend kind of like nagging her too, like why'd you come back and like why aren't we together uh, and rick I yeah yeah nah. i'm like yep, just stop
0: <laughs> i was actually <laughs> just... gonna say gabe i think this is the one isn't doesn't isn't he the one that gets his eye popped out because we were talking about that earlier we were trying to remember. yeah and she's corrected right. me yeah,
1: yeah she's corrected me it was three. yeah it you're was right part three because it's for so three. part three. Oh Cause cause yeah the right eye
2: pop- around the popping out. they're like on the other side of the cabin and he's yeah. like pushing his head
1: in. Yeah. yeah. And I, I yeah. And like I said, cool kills. There are some cool kills in this movie Great, for yeah. sure, but it's, it's, it's just not, I, I definitely just, it's kind of forgettable for me. I mean, it's definitely not the worst. I, I like overall in terms of the franchise, I'd probably put it kind of in the middle. Yeah. Um, but like, agree with that. yeah, for the top four, um, it, it's probably on the lower end for me. Um, and will I mean this is coming from someone who's like hasn't seen in like a year and a half. You you saw them all this weekend, I think, right? So
0: yeah, I maybe. watched all of them. I I really don't have much to add about this. Who I'm trying to think who was the dude that looked like like Cheech in this movie? He's got like a headband. I'm trying to like forgot about that character. The one like, that was like it,
1: like a, he was smoking
0: weed in the toilet, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah looking smoking a doobie. I don't remember who it is, but I mean, yeah. Other than the final girl and. Jason getting the mask. There's really not a lot of highlights in this movie for me. Um, it's mostly forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um Rick, I think we talked we just talked about him, The Boyfriend. He just was again the performances were just they didn't they didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um and like with, with Christine, we get her, her we get more info on her. I mean, she had the first encounter with Jason, so there's a little bit of backstory there, like we talked about. That's really the only thing that that kind of gets you to root for her in the end. But most of these characters kind of just throw away. I mean, Shelly I think his name was um was yep. he's just annoying you know it's like one of Super those characters annoying. that's like made for the purpose of being annoying obviously um but and it's like you know the 3D aspect like Chase you talked about this I, I mean I didn't watch this in 3D um so I, and I never attempted to but I don't <laughs> think it adds anything or would add anything I mean the only thing I remember being in 3D was the the yo-yo like that's one scene in particular yeah where I like visually remember damage, yeah. The spe- yeah, the spear gun the we iPop. talked about. But other than those two, mm. well, the eyeball. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. other than, so that's three. I mean, I can't <laughs> think of anything else yeah. that would really work uh, with, with 3D for this. Yeah, I will mm. say that one of the other girls was pretty cute. She was really fun to watch. Um, I don't remember her name. She was one of the darker-haired girls. It's- Beautiful actress. But I. other than, that, I mean, there's no real redeeming qualities in this. The biker can- bang was thrown in there. I felt mm. that that whole dynamic was weird. And then they're it like, was. they show up and they're like siphoning the gas tank um, on the vehicle. <laughs> forgot about it's like that. this whole yeah. thing. It's like that, it's that's just... their plan for revenge
1: is like just taking the gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: And then obviously they encounter Jason and most of them get killed. I think one of them survives. Um, I forget if it's um, the African-American guy. He is Wait, he survived. I thought he died. I,
1: well, he's like he comes he out at the die,
0: end. But he's he sh- yeah, that's the guy I'm thinking of. He shows up at the end, and he he like starts fighting Jason, and then I think that's when he gets killed. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of any other memorable deaths. Uh, we talked about the spear gun. We talked about the uh, Rick getting his eye popped out, and that was fun. But I'm thinking of one from four. I think it's when she's thrown out of the window, but I'm pretty sure that's. Just <laughs> you gotta be a little bit more specific. Than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> windows and window, Friday the Thirteenth.
1: It's the like, car. oh man.
3: Yeah, the, but, this I one mean, had the Jelly, shower like, kill,
1: right? Like the the shower kill with the girl with the that boyfriend was in the shower. Oh, with the boyfriend. I mean, the yeah. Part four had a shower kill. <laughs> so yeah. like that
0: no, that, I I do like that. That's when he gets his head pressed up against the shower. Yeah, right? when that's he's part four, though. That's part four. That I'm talking four. about the
1: girl that with the shower curtain hers had a shower curtain.
0: Oh, and she's yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, I'm pretty sure that was three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I that will was say, three. Though, the other th- um it was when um I think this is a dream sequence with, with um Chrissy's character when um Panela Voorhees comes back to she's like strangling oh, yeah. her <laughs> or something where it's like the corpse. I mean that was cool. Yeah. Like that was like a good moment. Mm-hmm. But I mean, other than that, nothing really stands out. I mean, I'd say out of the four that we're talking about, this is probably my least favorite um so we'll i know we're going to get into the rankings officially but yeah i'd say out of all of them i mean the camp is definitely turned up here but it just doesn't work it's like too over the line for me so
1: yeah and just like the reason i brought up that shower kill is just because i remember vividly like her the the main character girl whatever she walks in and she's like she opens the shower and like her reaction is just kind of like what is this and like when you the camera pans down it's like it's it's a water like it's it's like full of blood and there's like bloody yeah. clothes and like and, and like her reaction just kind of like what is this i'm like any regular human being would like turn yeah. around and start screaming and get the fuck out of there but she's like looking at it like wondering what to do and i'm like yeah, yeah the camp factor is just up there 100
0: percent i'm trying to think of other kills i mean i think that guy chuck that you oh. we were talking about like the the hippie looking guy i think he gets electrocuted like he does the, um, chuck does. oh yeah that like was, was a little bit creative yeah yeah, the fire. So, I mean, poker. They, they got some creative kills going on, but I like, oh, yeah, poker. the the
1: girl. Oh, yeah. And I felt bad for her, too. That was the girl that was going to get with. Oh, no, I'm thinking. See, I'm sorry. Trying... I'm starting to. I thought that was the, the, the girl's boyfriend from the wheelchair because I felt bad for that her. too when she died. But That was part two. That's part two. They're all bleeding together, man. Who was the <laughs> fire poker one? I remember that, that one. was like, Rick. You got the fi... Or not Rick. That uh, was chilly. That was the girl, wasn't it? Yep, impaled with the oh yeah
0: poker. it was yep yep that was in the stomach right that he yeah impales with the fireplace
2: but okay yeah and she was yeah her character's name was uh Chili Jackson <laughs> didn't know that was who the is name the,
0: who was the one that gets sliced literally like cut in half with the
2: um it's the machete kill I'm trying to remember um Ali with the hand cut off or Ali he he's the one that get gets no. in that final fight with Jason,
0: literally sliced in half with the machete oh um, andy Andy okay yeah, and the me. spear <laughs> gun in the eye is actually the actress that I was talking about um, mm. I don't know if you I can't my internet's not loading for some reason I can't look up <laughs> the characters, yeah, she's the actress that is, she beautiful actress I like you know, yeah, it's fun to watch her unfortunately she dies, but um. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I can't think of anything. I think Shelly gets his throat slashed, which is kind of, like, underwhelming um, yeah. for how you annoying his character stopped. is. I was hoping for something <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Just, I mean, that's the thing, too, with
1: Part 3. It's like, if you're going to go, you know, you know, balls to the wall, it's like, you know, give us some crazier kills. Like, if, if you've removed that yeah. boundary, right, like with the campiness and all this other stuff, like, I mean, the, like the spear gun is a great kill. Like, give us more kind of kills like that um Mm -hmm. i don't even think they
2: really did that um i want to throw this out there gabe because um this is something i didn't think about and i keep referencing it and i just feel like because if you don't want to watch that seven hour documentary as i need to get a shirt and says i watched it so you don't have to so i'm here to give you that information (laughs) about camp chris or crystal lake memories highly recommend it but a majority of part three and part four was working against the mpaa that was their biggest enemy. It wasn't really even the yeah. studio slashing it. Anything have heard about those that. Lines. Yeah. So like, even just like two seconds, you know, you hear about these unrated cuts that come out and it's like, Oh, it's three minutes longer. Well, whenever you have like nine, 10 kills in a movie and it's, you know, three, five, 10, 10 seconds, even longer. There were some things where you would, we would all nowadays be like, really? They cut that, but yeah, it, they were yeah. going to be given an X rating for some of these. One of those mm-hmm. being, um, the spear gun to the eye, They wanted to show it actively going through, and it got cut out. And it was just like, that would have been cool. Yeah, maybe
1: there was a whole bunch of cool shit that hit the cutting room floor just because of the MPAA. I mean, the MPAA, I mean, it was back then, like 80s and 70s. It was kind of weird, because I don't know if you've heard of the story with like Taxi Driver, with like Martin Scorsese, where he was going to get an X for taxi driver and he was like pulling his hair out he didn't know what to do because like the movie was shot everything was there but yeah. what he did was he increased like the 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 blood like he he made it like darker instead of like bright red it was like darker like when they were doing the color grading and that so got him the rate the r adoration. rating. yeah Gosh.
0: so like it's
1: mind blowing yeah it's like so um,
0: yeah and then all of a sudden he
1: gets our rating but everything else is the same and it's like it's crazy hearing stories like that so i'm wondering if there was something like that they could have done but yeah the MPAA is definitely probably a factor for sure Um, yeah but i mean overall part three just doesn't sound like it kind of resonated with us i mean it's it's not forgettable. it's not the worst in the franchise yeah Yeah. it's not forgettable but it's like definitely probably mid-tier for me um which brings us to part four so the final quote-unquote the final chapter (laughs) uh which is always funny to read uh so chase what did you think of part four
2: so outside of the 2009 reboot having the obvious highest production value because that's the most recent one we've gotten Mm -hmm. cinematically this one's the best from start mm-hmm. to finish, I would say maybe Jason lives, which but we aren't talking about that. Out of the four that we have, it would be cinematically this one is the most cinema, if that makes sense. Uh, the camp yeah. factor is turned down quite a few notches, and it gives you a really good story. You get Corey mm-hmm. Feldman as Tommy Jarvis, which is a staple throughout the franchise. You know, main character in six, a main character in five through various actors, and you get so much set up in this one that I even feel like, you know, parts of this one, uh part 4 influenced Halloween 4, you know, with the Jamie Lloyd storyline and stuff like that. Came out a few years yeah. later. This one came out a few years earlier, but you can tell that the, these these franchises have shared some some similar blood between them, right? This yeah. one, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Jason, I want to say it's Tony White that plays Jason in this one. Um, he, he never got credited. Like he's an uncredited Jason, hmm. the person that got credited for Jason. Um, uh, he wanted nothing to do with it. There was quite a few, cause this is the one with the raft kill where, um, oh, yeah. she's underwater and there was just a lot of turmoil behind the scenes and stuff with people getting like, you know, very verbal between each other. Uh, Tony almost actually walked off the guy who played Jason almost walked off because they were in 23 degree water for four hours and she ended up getting hypothermia. And he was like, if you don't take her out of the water, you know, there's a lot of cool things or Mm -hmm. that's not cool, but some interesting facts that happened behind the scene for this to even get made. But this was such a dedicated cast and crew that really gave us quite the rare oddity that you get throughout any of the mainline franchises where you get a true gem hidden in there amongst some things that can be pretty bad. Right. I don't think there's a horrible, unwatchable Friday the 13th movie, even past what we're talking about. I don't think any of them are completely unwatchable. But this one has to be the most cinematically well-made from start to finish, the way that Jason walks, from the way that... Mm -hmm. um, God, I'm so horrible with the final girls. The final girl's name, she really, really carries it. Tommy's sister, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the older sister, yeah. Yeah, Tommy's older sister. And... Yeah, you just get such an engaging story from the the way that Jason is portrayed in here. You take that Hulk factor, which this Tony White was the the first person to actually he was a real actor. You know, you even had Tom mm-hmm. Savini stand in for Jason and some of these other ones. Um, yeah, or like a, as Pamela and some of the other ones, and he even did it in this one, I believe, because this is the one where the hitchhiker gets uh stabbed in the throat. That was actually Tom Savini, believe it or not. Yeah, I think Tom oh, Savini shit. came back for this one too, yes. right? Because I, I don't know if he was involved with two and
0: three. I think he did yeah. one and then he came back for four. Four. Yep. So absolutely. the one with uh the one
1: eating the
2: banana on the side of the road that was Yeah. The one eating him. the banana. Yeah. <laughs> so like that was him and it was just so cool. Like uh, what you see, he got uh credited as like part of Jason in that one, but it was really just for that scene. Mm. And from, you know, the TV to the head, I found that awesome, you know, yeah. um, getting it thrown at him, to the whole, like, dark twist that Tommy, Tommy goes through at the end. I used to think that was the goofiest thing ever. I really did. It's like, dude, what what kid thinks of this? You know what I mean? I still yeah. find it a little <laughs> goofy, but I, I, I enjoy it. Could it could be how it's shot. I think it's
1: just how it's shot where he's, like, you know, he's like, he's cutting his hair and then it cuts to, you know his sister like trying to fend off Jason and it's like all crazy and then all of a sudden yeah. another cody's like shaving it yeah. it's like dude like <laughs> yeah
2: and again it it got cut for some reason because that was in the documentary mm-hmm. the crystal lake memories uh yeah. they, they cut it they they even cut him putting in like the eye shadow you know oh um, interesting it was weird you know mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's just cinematically from the moment, like I, I really love that shot because very rarely in horror movies, do you get the shot of them being thrown from the window or whatever? They're in mm-hmm. every Friday the 13th. Somebody gets thrown through a window, but in this one, she gets thrown from the window and it shows on the car land onto the car. Yeah. 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 Like, kills. Yeah. And so yeah. that one's really good. And then especially at the end, whenever um, uh, Tommy's sister is, she jumps out it and it shows mm-hmm, yeah. her. And you see the glass and slow motion and Mm -hmm. then, you know, the, the raft kill and stuff. I think it really genuinely is one of the most memorable. If you don't even like, like horror movies and stuff like that, like it is the strongest presentable just movie for anybody Mm -hmm. just to watch. If you want to experience Jason and everything like that, and you want to see peak of what it has to offer. Out of the four we're talking about, I'd pick four, but I'd be in a toss up between four and six to get the campiness Mm -hmm. and then this and that, you know, just to show you like peak Friday the 13th. I think part four is really the strongest out of the four, even though it's not my favorite. I think it's the most well made, it's the most all encompassing. Every character's likable. You get a family to focus on rather than, you know, just a group of friends that may or may not know each other, maybe getting to know each other. I find it very, very strong. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that one's an eight and a half, nine. I really, really like that one. It's not my favorite because I do find it a little like too serious. A lot of the times I do Mm -hmm. find it a little too serious for Friday the 13th, but also at the same time, it's the most movie movie out of the Friday the 13th series. And it's just a fun watch. It really is just a fun watch. And it just, I really would have to maybe say outside of Kane Hodder, that's, that's my favorite Jason. When yeah. it comes to Tony, really, really, really well played because he was the first actor to actually play Jason, which is super yeah. interesting. So yeah, that's how I feel about part four. I love it. It's great. It's Tony
0: White, right? I think I read before that he was actually the oldest stuntman or actor to play Jason out of yeah. all the um out of out of everybody that's played him. Right? Oh wow. Him.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because he he was approached to come back for five and six, but he okay. just had so much drama that came out mm-hmm. on there that he took his name off the credits even. Yeah, you know, crazy. Damn, it's yeah. crazy. He really was unhappy with it. And you realize a lot of that will happen with horror, you know, with modern mm-hmm. – with, like, information being so modernly available now and people being able to, like – uh just like, you know, just to go back to last week with Alan, for people like us to be able to just say, hey, we appreciate you in the way that you've influenced us and stuff like that. That goes a little bit further than, you know, reading about your performance in the magazine back at that time or maybe mm-hmm. people yeah. – do, do or don't recognize you out on the street right so yeah, right. you know a lot of people have appreciation for him and you know yeah he's finally embraced the role which is really really good same with betsy palmer that was the same thing she didn't mm-hmm. understand um how people liked her portrayal she was like i killed people like why yeah. do <laughs> you know so it, it it's, it's it's a great movie it's really really the strongest out of the four I think, so, like, just to piggyback off of, like, I, I'm surprised how
1: much we agree with this so far. I thought you and I would, like, have different rankings, and I mean, we're <laughs> going to get into official rankings in a second, but I think part four, I agree with you 100%. It's definitely the most, like, I guess you could say, like, cinematic, like, even at the yeah. right at the beginning, right? I, I, I'd be look, I'd be curious looking at the actual production costs for it, because, like, you have the helicopters at the beginning, you know what I mean? This huge thing with, like, you know, them finding Jason, uh, dead in the barn and then going to the hospital, like the, the production quality was just like a lot, lot better. Um and a lot of the cinema, cinematography was
2: pretty top notch
1: too. 2.2, which the other ones were like a million, right? Yeah. I think most of them were like Have close to, to a influence. million. Yeah. So they they definitely upped the production budget with this one and you can you could tell a hundred percent um i think i liked it more because it was definitely more like what you said serious i think they dialed down on the campiness just a little bit i mean the campiness is still there for sure but i think that they definitely grounded the story a little bit more they focused on the family and they also brought that hiker guy who was related to um i forgot was it part two i think like his sister was one of the girls in part two i think that died um so they have his character, you know, he has kind of like some aspirations and motivations there as well. So I think that it's like kind of a, you have, you have a solid group of characters that you actually like care about, which is the opposite of what, what part three did. Right. We just talked mm. about how part three was just all these characters that kind of annoyed us. But I think with part four, it's, you, you get a lot of solid characters that have solid motivations. Um, and just, yeah, it, it's just a, it's just a fun movie. Like I, I, there's nothing I, I dislike about part four, honestly. Um I, I, I think I spoke higher of part one and part two, but part four I think is a great Friday the Thirteenth installment. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, the ending it is it is still a little corny for me. Like just like I told you, like him shaving his freaking head and he and comes down, hacking. he's completely bald, like and gray, <laughs> perfectly and gray, subtly like... gray. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah. dude. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's a, it's a solid movie, and it's in and it. It doesn't feel long like the third one did. For me, like, the third one just felt so damn long just because I was like, let's get through this. This one, I felt like it's a fun movie. You go in yeah. and out of it, and you have a good time with it. So part four, I'd i I'd rank up there uh, for sure. It's definitely one of my better Friday the 13th. So I enjoy
0: it a lot. Um, yeah. Will, what about you? I'd say it's probably tied <clears throat> with... <sighs> I don't want to say the word tied because I think it edges out too for me just a bit, but it's it's definitely probably one of my in, in the top two or three for me. Um, I, I love the style of it. It's like you said, they toned down the camp a little bit just enough. Mm-hmm. It has that more of a serious tone. I wanted to ask Chase, actually, because I'm thinking this. Joseph, I know Joseph Zito, I think his name is. He directed this movie. Yep. I, I'm pretty sure he's done, because I just watched The Prowler not too yes, long ago. Yes, he did. And I, and I, mm. Okay, so he directed The Prowler, yep. and I'm pretty sure like one of the missing in action movies, if I remember correctly. Yep. Because I was researching it the other day. I don't know who wrote this movie, Um, but I was going to ask you if, if you got to this point in the documentary, like uh, the making of. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they wanted him, or they. I think I remember hearing they offered him extra money to write this movie as well, but I think he he hired a co-writer to help pen the script. Yeah, Barney I don't know if Cohen. You remember that at all? Yeah. I'm Sorry, who is it? Barney Cohen. Barney Cohen. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I I think the story in this one is the most cohesive. I just think they set a lot up. I mean, even with you know Tommy Jarvis, obviously in the later movies. I mean, we we have that whole storyline that started with this installment, and I mean, I'm a big Corey Feldman fan, so agreed. I think other than the ending, this is probably my favorite movie. The ending's definitely corny, but at the same time, I love it because mm. it's, it's, it's corny. It makes me yeah. crack up every time. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think the deaths were, like you said, not too much camp, but like the, the getting thrown out the window on the top of the car, that's probably my favorite death uh, in the movie. But I, I love the whole dynamic with um, it's Tommy. And then you guys mentioned the hitchhiker, you know, he has kind of a backstory too. And he kind of comes in and, takes a liking there's that whole scene with um when he's in uh tommy's room and he's like showing him the masks and stuff like that i love that so you kind of get that that character work in there too i just think they 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 approach this much better in regards to the character development and actually trying to make you care for these characters right as opposed to three which is probably the weakest uh out of all four of these so Mm -hmm. you know if we're looking at two You know, being what it is and then going from from two to three in terms of uh, a comeback, I think four was like the perfect way to end it. Obviously, it wasn't, in fact, the final chapter. But uh, for (laughs) me, I'd probably say this is probably my favorite. If not, it's it's very close with two. Like I said, I I like them both so much. But, yeah, this one, I think, takes it for me. Mm. And I want to throw
2: this out there. Like, they actually fully intended this on being the last one. Like whenever they were yeah. filming it, they were filming it with the intention. That's why Tommy goes at him so Yeah, much. He goes yeah. at him like crazy. they wanted to yeah. kill him. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, "Wait, you like money? I like yeah. money, yeah. you know." <laughs> Pretty much. I mean,
1: that's. I mean, I remember reading a while back that they were definitely they they saw the I guess the fatigue for slasher films. But the thing is mm-hmm. that that fatigue it it wasn't really like <laughs> the box office didn't really didn't show that. Like the box office was still like popping that. off, yeah. So like they were like, you know, <laughs> you know, six months later, it's like, well, like let's let's do it again. um So the, I mean, I'm I'm curious what the rankings now because like, uh, will I, I actually want to start with you because I, I know Chase and me yeah. like we might be like similar. I think mm-hmm. uh, Chase and I would sound pretty similar, but how would you rank them? Well,
0: before I get into that, before I answer that question, I want to just mm-hmm. throw in one more thing: uh Crispin Glover uh, dancing like a fucking weirdo like yeah that, that makes oh god makes dude. yeah i don't know if you guys remember that whole scene yes yeah.
1: i remember that dude and i i never understood like i like I, i'm sure it was like everyone laughed at it i don't know if it like yeah. if it was like a dance move at the time but no they just wanted him to be goofy every time i watch that scene i'm like what yeah. the hell is this guy doing yeah, yeah. okay yeah that's that dancing is
0: freaking. <laughs>
2: It's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> Improvise. Yeah, so rank, ranking.
0: So ranking. Here we go. It's going to be, um, it was tough between four and two, but I'm going to have to go four mm. and then two and then one and then three. Um, mm. And again, four, just four and two, it was tough. I told Chase this earlier or mm. yesterday, I think when we were talking about it, four and two were so close for me, but I think just four edges, two out just a bit just because the production value is was better i just think overall the story was more enjoyable the character work was better for me um kills were great but not too campy Mm -hmm. uh and then you know obviously jason we we talked about jason really developing that appearance that we've come to know him for with with part three and i think they kind of took that in a better direction with part four they build you know they built on that right um and there's some great scenes with him in this the physicality is really really present in this in this film so yeah, I'd say four probably still takes it. It's edges out to just enough to to claim my top spot. And then two, obviously, we, we going back to Baghead, Jason. I think that's a really unique look. So I mean, if we were going to do a franchise ranking, which we'll do at some point, I'm sure. I think four and two are still at the top for me. Um, I just love two because of that look. You know, even though it's not entirely original, I just think it's something different, and I've come to appreciate that much more. Same thing with one with, with Pamela being the killer. Um again, much more tame in comparison to the other three that we mm-hmm. talked about, but uh still a classic and and mm-hmm. definitely one that's grown on me. Right. When I first started getting into these movies, like I said, it was on AMC and it was always like Jason, Jason, Jason as a kid, you know, when I was younger. But uh one has definitely grown on me in a big way. So I, I'd still have to put three at the bottom of the barrel though. Again, not the worst in the franchise, For obviously, sure. but Mm-hmm. Out of these movies, it's it's definitely my uh, my least favorite. So yeah, it'd be four, two, yeah. one, and three for me. And Will, and while we
2: go roundtable on that, where is it sit yeah. in your horror franchises as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, so Halloween is obviously it's weird, right? Because I I love Michael Myers, I'm a big Halloween fan, but as a franchise, I think Friday the Thirteenth is just it's just more fun. You know, yeah. it's fun mm-hmm. for me. You Just know, fun. I'll always watch Halloween. I, I love two and three and and um, four and the newer films. I take what I what I can get out of them. You know, and we've talked mm-hmm. about this, and we'll we'll dive into that on a later episode. But uh, I'd say overall, Friday the Thirteenth is probably the franchise that I've had the most fun with. It's the most enjoyable for me. I it's agree. the one that I can watch over and over again. It has its low points. Uh, we won't talk about those today, but. Um, I'd say I'd probably rank it. I'd probably rank it first, first, mm, followed by okay. Halloween, and then uh, Nightmare. Interesting.
2: Okay. Yeah. I honestly didn't. I really thought it'd be a strong second with how much I I, I personally know you like Halloween. Yeah, I, I that really that wasn't expecting great, first. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hall-
0: here's the thing with me with Halloween. It's like yeah. obviously the original. Is is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, the seventy-eight Halloween film. Um two is is solid. I love three. I mean three's grown on me in a big way. But if I'm looking at it from like an entirety, like the franchises in their entirety, like four is Halloween four is a fun movie for me. But mm. if I'm comparing it with the fourth installment in this franchise, I had a much better time with the final chapter. Right. And I, I don't okay. want to do that because I don't want to go like number by number. But overall, there's more in, uh, more enjoyment to be had with Friday the Thirteenth than than I have with Halloween. Because as far as I'm concerned, everything after Halloween four, um, for me just it, that's Halloween five. I don't want to get into that. I hate that fucking movie. That's where everything kind of <laughs> fell off the map for me yeah. With, yeah. with the Halloween <laughs> franchise. Yeah, and honestly, I. I I mean, everything after 5 with with Halloween is just kind of hit and miss. You know, I think Mm -hmm. H2O is is decent, but it's nothing special. Resurrection is garbage. I'm not a fan of the Rob Zombie films. Um, Halloween 6 has its problems. I think they did their best to salvage what 5 set up, which was just a mess. You know, so for me, it's just not as consistent in terms of uh, quality and enjoyment um i'd say Friday the 13th is overall i think it's just more enjoyable for me so if i'm if i'm ranking it in that regard then yeah it, friday the 13th is is number 1
2: so you're saying so. steve miner made better friday the 13th movies than he did with h2o yeah <laughs> i'm not i mean
0: i don't even really like h2o guy i mean i bought the steelbook i'm gonna watch it again this month i'm gonna check it out again i'll watch it again but it's just um h2o and h2o is better than i think it's better than resurrection five and six Okay. Um. And again, I'm I'm just not a fan of Rob Zombie's style. So, like, as far as yeah. the Halloween movies are concerned, like even the the 2009 Friday the 13th remake, I had more fun with that than the Rob Zombie movies. I agree. Like, if we're mm-hmm. gonna go by that 100%. time period, right? So, I, I just think overall Friday the 13th has been more consistent. You know, unfortunately, as much as I love Halloween, uh, as much as I love those first four films, and I, like I said, I take what I what I can get out of the newer installments i It's just been so inconsistent, and unfortunately, if we think about it, Halloween was kind of absent for most of the eighties after Halloween two and three mm-hmm. right it three wasn't even really a slasher movie, right so if we're looking at it in that regard um after three Halloween kind of took a back seat while everything else was happening, but like when Halloween four came out, it was nineteen eighty eight it was the slasher boom was pretty much it was, it had come and gone by that point, you know, so okay. Um, I just think with Halloween the ball's been dropped so many times, and with Friday, they're just more fun. You know, they're more enjoyable. Yeah. Even the bad entries in Friday, I can I can have fun with, but yeah, like even I Manhattan, can't watch. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. even Manhattan. People like Manhattan's considered to be a bad movie. I love Jason Takes Manhattan. It's you know, fun I, once he gets to I New York have fun with that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like, dude, I I can't have fun with Hall- Halloween Resurrection. I just can't. Like there's like, yeah. nothing that I can take out of that movie. The same with five. I mean, five is just, just bad for me. Yeah. You know? So.
2: Okay. What yeah. About I'd again? say
0: Friday's number one.
3: Okay.
1: Um, ranking. So ranking these, I'd probably, I think you and I are pro- probably the same. So two, one, four, and three. Um, and just like, I, like I said, three's not like, I, again, I'm not emphasizing that's it's the worst one in the entire franchise, but it's just, at least for the first four, which we're talking about, it's, it's my least favorite. Um, two just has, two is where it solidified its identity. And one was, you know, I think it was kind of, it was still exploring itself a little bit, but I think it was just so cool how they, you know, paid homage to different horror films and took things like Halloween and Psycho and, um, and four is just a it's just a good grounded kind of or I hate saying grounded because there's still some campiness in it, but <laughs> grounded for Friday the Thirteenth yeah you know what I mean like it's a solid story and, and it's 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 a good movie to you know rewatch like I never get you know tired of watching it um, so yeah I, I, that's my order I, I think that you know in terms of franchises Friday the Thirteenth is up there for me um, I, I I still say Scream is probably my favorite horror franchise just because sure. I think that those are all more consistent like even for the lower ones i still have a great time with them but um, friday the 13th is fun man and and for someone who isn't a huge fan of camp i think friday the 13th is just a healthy enough of camp where it's like you can have a good time with it Um, yeah so yeah i think that it would definitely be
2: two one
1: four and three
2: yeah because i was surprised whenever i threw out the idea for this episode you were like yeah i actually like those and I, <laughs> yeah and you're like laugh. wait what <laughs> yeah i was like wait what that seems like way left field yeah. for you i'm like coming off the exorcist and the witch and yeah. like all those <laughs> movies and you're like you like friday the 13th <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah um uh, i pretty much spot on Yeah, I, I mean it, it the first like three like you know i i, I agree with you two one four three um three being like a little bit of a distance right here two being way up there like that's my favorite in the entire franchise like that's mm-hmm. one of my near and dear movies like out of all horror i don't only hold that up there as one of the best friday movies that's one of my favorite horror movies i just love that um one and four it's a very small gap between them it's really pamela vorhees and her character that i like a little bit more than four uh, yeah. but also at the same time, the thing that closes that gap is the Hulk Jason we get, and then what closes that gap even further is the family dynamic we focus a little bit better on, the the, the mm. cinematography. So, like, those are both strong eight out of eight movies for me, you know, 8.5. I, I would really genuinely say that that's like a 9.5 for part two, and I know that's really high, Wow, but it's really just because, like, Friday the 13th, I kind of alluded to it in our Saw episode a little bit, but, like, Friday the 13th, Jason never scared me. So I endlessly watched these as just fun movies. I, they never terrified me or anything like that. So I got really attached whenever I first found out about Baghead Jason, I was like, man, this is going to be such a bad movie. And I was just so bewildered that it was so good. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I remember as a a, a wee little chase that I was um, pretty disappointed about Pamela coming in, you know, and I was like, that's not Jason. And then you get the jump. And I was like, oh, that's why this is part one. Okay, I got to yeah. keep watching all of them. So then it gets to part two. It It's just Friday the 13th as much as I might talk about Chucky and Evil Dead. Those are ones that have grown on me more. I don't think mm-hmm. there's ever going to be something that ever replaces Friday the 13th. As to me personally is what I consider the, the, the best. It's not the best, but it's my personal favorite for sure. Um, there's just some great highs and some absolutely awful lows, Jason X. So mm. there's just some oh, yeah. really, really, really peak moments out there. You know what I mean? I don't know what you're
0: talking about. Jason X is fantastic. Nitrogen kill for the win. <laughs>
2: Come on. You know, I, I will give it that. Yeah. I guess whenever, like, edgy Teen Chase got a hold of that movie, you know, like, it really just – I thought he was just – it was going to be better. You know, like, yeah. you know, futuristic. David Cronenberg, you know, he's in that movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I I also haven't seen that movie in probably eight or nine years. So it's probably worth a rewatch because <laughs> I, I really seen
1: it since it came out. I think like you was, still like, need to rewatch the reboot.
2: You said you haven't seen that since theaters, man. Yeah, dude, I haven't
1: <laughs> seen the 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 oh nine since theaters. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, and and I actually enjoyed that one. I, I like. will probably do another episode where we start getting into yeah all the other installments, but yeah, I, I liked that one. I thought it was a good, and I was kind of upset that they didn't, I know there was talks about, you know, following up with it, following up with it and it never came to fruition. And I'm like, dude, this is like, like this, I, I think it's just cause we got like a super high production cost Friday the 13th and it looked really sick. And I, and yeah, it sucks. Nothing ever came of that, which I think that kind of leads us into, cause I wanted to talk about, uh, we're, we're about to wrap up here in a little bit, but uh, the closing, like, like for, the legacy of these movies and also like the future of these movies. Like we haven't had anything since 09. So, Oh nine. So, I mean like, a, so like what, I mean, I think all of us would be super stoked, obviously if they announced another Friday, the 13th movie, what, what movie, they have the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not watching the TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't absolutely. watch TV stuff. I I just know. Just give me a horror. I want the movie. So like, what, what would you guys want to see out of a Friday, the 13th
2: movie? Honestly, I think we can all agree that that first 25 minutes of the reboot, if they could just extenuate that for an uh, even hour 20, hour 30, it doesn't have to be these three hour, two hour long spectacles. Mm, If they could have just kept up with their pacing in the reboot, I loved the reboot. And I I think I've said that before. People have heard me say this. That reboot was one of my personal favorites, if not my favorite one, until somebody told me Mm. that movie can't keep up with itself. And I just haven't been able to watch it otherwise since then. I still love it. It's still like a a, a very, very good movie to me, especially when you consider the other reboots. But I really think that they really had something special with that reboot. It just got slower. It did the opposite of what a typical slasher does, where it builds Mm -hmm. and then goes balls to the wall. It did the opposite. went balls to the wall, dried out, then went balls to the wall again. So, Yeah. Yeah. I I just I just want them to get the freaking rights f- figured out because like it's a nightmare. There really is no other f- franchise out there that has worse film rights, and like you know yeah. when these rewrites. I will you brought that up with Barry. Uh, it was like uh, Barney Cohen. Like literally, when they yeah. go in there and rewrite it, like I am pretty sure if I remember right from the documentary. Um, or just research that somebody owns the rights to just the hockey aspect of it because they wrote that in there. You know this and that. Yeah, Overclaim the fame to it. Sean S. Cunningham doesn't own the rights to Jason. He doesn't. Yeah. Because he did part one. He did not. He created the idea of Jason Voorhees, but not the mm-hmm. image that we know of Jason Voorhees.
1: Yeah. So, so it's, it's just it's just a mess, man. I mean, I like I said, like what you said, actually. I I want just yeah man just and it's not hard just give us like a good old classic slasher movie with like i mean nowadays with you know the way like a lot of movies nowadays can do a lot with a with a small budget so they don't even need a big budget for this either i feel like they can honestly you know go with a small budget and they could film something that actually looks pretty freaking fantastic so, I mean, if they ever make a Friday the 13th kind of reboot again <laughs> for the second time, um, I'm going to be there opening night. I, I'd be super stoked to see it. I'd be I'd be thrilled. It's just for some reason, like we've been, you know, in a drought for 14 years with no Friday the 13th content. So it sucks. Yeah. But I'm hoping to get all those rights figured out.
2: hmm. What about you, Will?
0: I think their best point I mean their best bet is probably to reboot it seeing as it's been so long but yeah I don't I don't know much about the rights battle I know Sean has been posting stuff on on social media about how things are coming along with the show but, you know, obviously, to our understanding, the show, the TV rights are completely different than the film rights, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what they're going to do with the show. Um, I know, Gabe, you said you're not going to check it out. I might check it out. I mean, it's A24. I haven't been watching a lot of TV, but because it's A24, I'll, I'll probably be interested to see what they do with that because I'm wondering if they're going to try to tie that into any potential film universe um, once they probably. get it figured out. But, yeah, I mean, I think to to echo what you guys said about that 2009 remake I I mentioned that it was better than I liked it personally stylistically it was just better and, and more up my alley than the the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes right I just mm-hmm. think it 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 had the spirit of the original but it, it just turned up the intensity at least for those first that first you know um first third of the film you know yeah. it was that was so well done I mean that opening title sequence the lead up to that was, I still remember that to this day, you know, it's just burned into my mind. So, I mean, they did such a good job with that. Uh, you know, just making it like relentless. I just feel like with, with Jason, that's a great thing to go by. Right. Cause that's, they, they take that physicality and it kind of brought that, you know, into a, you know, took, a, took it into a, a, put it in a modern story um, and just turned up the violence. But I think, that's what they have to go with if they're going to bring it back after this point. I mean, what's it been? 14 years since 2009. It's crazy. Golly, yeah. it goes by fast. Felt like yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's they probably should just reboot it. But like you guys said, they can get away with it with a with a smaller budget. I mean, Halloween 2018 did it. You know, and although that's not a perfect movie, I think it showed, uh, you know, showed us that uh, they could do it right if they just get the right people involved. So. And hopefully, you know, Sean is involved with the project. He obviously has a lot of passion for it. He's trying to get it off the ground. So I'm hoping that everything uh everything works out. But it it just it it seems like it's just kind of a mess. You know, I I I, when I have some time, I want to kind of look into it because I know there's details available online and there's people out there that have really done like deep digging on it um to find out who owns what in regards to like the rights for the mask and then it's it's hard to figure all that out, right, as far as, like, all the legal jargon and, like, what that entails. I, I know they've been in court for a while, so... Um, Years. Do, have we even gotten any updates? Because I, I don't remember when it was last, like, brought up, you know, within my circle.
2: Because I know um, it was a big deal during the game, when the game came out, because that's what essentially yeah, shut down the game in future updates. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm super curious myself, because, like, it really was... I forgot exactly um what exactly had transpired in the whole nine yards. Oh, it, it occurred between writer Victor Miller and Sean S. Cunningham with ult, with okay, Miller so ultimately figure. winning the rights to the first film. That's how this has all transpired. Miller, because he was the script writer. Right. Well Sean but it, it, it's so like so he only has the rights to the first film though, right? So I mean you yeah. could Yeah, that's it's so super confusing. weird. Yeah, it's, it's too confusing. That's a whole episode. <laughs> yeah. That's <I'm sure. laughs> that's a whole episode to go down the wiki.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I know I mean, we wanted to get into this just because it was, I mean, obviously like what she said, Chase, it's Friday the thirteenth in, in an October, which you don't get a lot of. So I think mm-hmm. we thought it'd be fun to kind of delve into the Friday the thirteenth franchise with with you guys. And obviously we couldn't do the whole franchise because we would have been here for for two hours we're, we're only you know into part four right now so um maybe at some point maybe we can kind of do a thing on you know the whole franchise when we get a little bit of time to do that but yeah um yeah i i think it sounds like we pretty much agree overall i know our rankings were a little Slightly bit different, different but yeah but i think we kind of you know i think we're all on the same page and we i mean at least for the franchise as a whole i think we kind of appreciate what it's done for for horror in general and we're We're just hoping that we going to get another Friday the 13th movie, please figure that, your, figure your shit out so we get another Friday yeah. the 13th movie. please do one now um, do it now. Um, but w- as always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, as, al- as always, thank you for listening. You guys have been awesome. Um, and yeah, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more uh, a horror and uh, Halloween stuff as the
2: month goes on. Absolutely. We're going to continue the trend on spooky month. And then next month, look forward to some more various physical media stuff. You know, it's, it's the time of the spirit. Everybody wants to listen to some spooky stuff. So that's what we're going to keep yeah. doing. And we got some really cool episodes planned the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to try some cool things. We've got a really action packed one because with the way that we release it, we'll have an episode on Halloween day. And that's all I'm going to answer yeah. at. And that's so, going to be a good one. Yeah, that's going to be a really good one. I know Will's about to burst at the seams waiting for Halloween to come around <laughs> to talk about that one. I, I can't wait to talk about Halloween Five in, in detail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at the look at the excitement in his face. <laughs> but it is cool that we have been able to talk about all of our horror, our favorite horror franchises this this, this month. Like you know, yeah. So we did Exorcist, we did Friday the Thirteenth. We're gonna do Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think. We I, I, we we all love Scream, but I think we've kind of like talked about Scream at, at nauseam. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I maybe think we can
0: all agree though to piggyback on what Gabe said. I think Scream is the most consistent out of all of these franchises. They 100%. they haven't they haven't had their Jason X or Halloween uh, excuse oh, me Halloween resurrection moment. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: I mean, even like the yeah, Scream Four, which I would consider the worst one, probably unwatchable. On like it's still Enjoyable. it's still yeah, a fun movie still, to watch. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's still fun. So. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you, and uh, stay tuned for uh, the next episode.
0: Thank you, everybody. See you guys later.